Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. With us, And that is that we need to raise the bar in our, in our walk with Christ we need to raise the bar in, in who we are in him. In other words, to actually dare to believe what God says about us and to walk in it. Amen? And as we do that, we know that Jesus, I mean, Jesus is our best resource, our best example of raising the bar. I mean, he, he came on the scene and he totally, just totally changed uh, what we know and understand. Jesus raised the bar. He, of course, he came and he lived a sinless life. On this world, he came as man, and he lived a sinless life, and uh, that raised the bar alone. But also, God raised the bar by raising Christ from the dead, and now Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father so that we could enjoy the relationship that comes through Christ, which allows us to be raised up. And since, and, and so in Colossians chapter 3, it talks about, since we've been raised with Christ, let us set our minds and our hearts on things above. And so we're raising the bar, and that's what we've been doing, and we will always do this. And I can guarantee you that what we're preaching about, you'll hear it again. You may hear it in a different context, in a different delivery, but it's the same thing because it's God's word and it's truth, and we need to step into it. Amen? So as we continue to grow in this, um, this final stage that we're going to look at today, um, I'm, I, I, it's so important because what we understand about how Christ, when Christ came, he said, I have to leave so that the counselor, the helper can come. So when we receive Christ and we receive that truth, when because of what Jesus did, because he was raised from, and because he was willing to do what he did, he raised the bar by sending the Holy Spirit. So now as a believer, if you're a believer, raise your hand. Amen. Amen. If you're a believer, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so I want to remind you, if you hear, maybe you're like, ah, ah, listen, I want you to hear this today. The Christian life, listen, the Christian life, the believer's life, is an empowered life. And it's important you hear that because when the enemy comes, he, he lies to us and tells us we're powerless, we can't do this, we can't blah, 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 whatever he's going to. But I want to remind you what God's word says. God says the opposite. And by the way, God's true and the other one isn't. The enemy is not. And so he says, I've empowered you. So the Christian life is an empowered life. And that's why much of the New Testament reminds us so often about the filling of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does and how important it is. And more importantly, that we would walk in that power, that we would walk in the Spirit of God to continue it because walking it will help continually conform or transform us to our likeness of who the Father is in us. And so we have to walk in that. So unfortunately, if I could say that, unfortunately, that living in that way is not our natural default. It's not the natural tendency of the old man. The flesh man does not go there. And so we have to look at this, and we have to, uh, we're going to look at this, how we can bunk the default to walk in the Spirit of God. Can we do that today? Is that okay? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. Father, I thank you that you've already moved so mightily in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you've revealed yourself strong. I thank you that you haven't changed. You haven't left and you're still here with us. And so, Father, I pray that as my words are, are speaking, that they're your words, not mine. That, Father, you disconnect my tongue and my mind and rather let's connect to your mind and your heart, Father. 
Father, we declare that. We ask that here. We thank you for the opportunity to come. I thank you for the opportunity to have folks here today. But more important, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming and being here with us. So we just ask you, Father, Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. Let your spirit be revealed. Let your truth be revealed, not mine. We thank you for it, Father. And we give you thanks for what you've already completed, what you've already done in this place and in this day today. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. And so uh, there's two, what I'm going to say is there's two driving forces that we might see in, in Scripture. But I want to just ask you some questions. We, we've started the series with questions every time God has kind of had a question. And so uh, I just want to, before we get to the notes, we're not there yet. Uh, I got 14 pages of notes before we get to the notes, so that's okay. Uh, but one of the first things I want you to think about here is one of the first thing. What is the first thing that you think about when you wake up in the morning? What what is it like? Uh, you know, where uh, Jill would say, uh, "Where's my cup of coffee?" I'm right there with her. Uh, uh, you know, do you wake up thinking how comfortable or uncomfortable your bed was, or how well you slept? Uh, what do you think about? Are you thinking about things that you got to get done for the day? What are the things that kind of come? In your mind, every decision, every step, every day is driven by something. Maybe it's a growling stomach. Can I get an amen? All right. Maybe maybe it's a a, a list of things to get done. Maybe maybe it's a sense of responsibility. Maybe maybe it's a desire to do something greater than the day before. Maybe it's to whatever. We don't know. But the, your day is determined by two, one of two driving forces. One of two driving forces, either the flesh or the spirit, are going to help you walk through your day. And we can make the decision, and so we should, because God's given us the ability to do so, to, to decide what, uh, one, uh, what, what of the two are we going to choose. And this is what we're talking about. We're looking through this. So what's the default setting? The natural thing to do is to walk in the flesh. Let the flesh control us. Let the feelings of this life control us. And the flesh, I don't know about you, but sometimes it gets pretty demanding. It yells a little, a little bit louder. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, we played uh, softball with some friends. And uh, my flesh was really yelling loud. I realized how out of shape I was. I am a shape, but it's not the kind of shape that we're looking for. <laughs> and my flesh was like, oh. You know, and so what I was thinking about was I don't know if I can get out of bed today. Uh, and, and so the flesh is kind of it, 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 it's pretty loud, and it tries to, to to yell, and it's often the default. But listen, we weren't meant. God didn't mean for us to be led or to be used or to to default to the flesh. That was only because sin came into the world that we defaulted that way. So I want to remind you that if you are a believer in Christ, guess what? God reset the default. The Bible says we're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. So I want to remind you of that because when the flesh starts to rise up and say, I'm in charge, you can say, wait, 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 wait. I have a new birth and I have a new promise and I have a new default. That's Christ in me. And so we make the decision. Somebody say, I make the decision. Because you are making the decision. The Bible says, Jesus said, when he gave his life, he says, it is finished. So we know that it's done and it's paid for. And so where the, the, the difference is, is what we're going to do. What are we going 
to choose. I say we're going to choose to walk by the Spirit. Amen? Amen? I know that the Spirit of God is moving all of the time. Think about electricity and how electricity is just always there. Or think about the Internet or whatever it is that you can see that you don't see it, but you use it every day. This is the way the Holy Spirit is. It's continually moving. It's speaking. It's wooing. It's doing what God has called it to do. It's moving powerful. We can choose to jump into it or jump out of it. We can choose to use it, to walk in it or not. That's an amazing choice that God's given us. But it is a choice. And it's a decision that we make. And I'll tell you this, that every day you make the decision to follow after the Spirit, it will become more and more easy to understand and to walk in that. I also say that the more and more we choose to walk in the flesh, it will become more and more easy to fall into that rut. And so understand that God says, I've done it all. I've took care of it. It, It's all been taken care of it. And praise God for that. And I want to remind you of this because sometimes we forget this. Uh, Can you just take your finger and point at yourself? If you're watching online, take your finger and point at yourself and say this with me. The Spirit of God is in me. Say it again. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in me. That feels good. That's a good reminder. I pray that you are, you are so antagonized by that truth every day this week. I pray that you can't shake it. I pray that the Holy Spirit hold, grabs a hold of you and says, Listen, listen to me. I am in you. You are able. You are equipped. You are endowed with my power. Amen? And that, that would quiet the argument of the enemy. That that would shut the mouth of the liar. That that's not true. God is awesome. And God wants us to operate. God wants us to operate in the realm of the Spirit. He wants us to walk. Much of Paul's writings was talking about uh, uh, coming to Christ and walking after the Spirit of Christ. And, and we can see that most of the New Testament, Jesus was teaching us how to live. And what he was doing is revealing the spirit of truth and walking in it. And we should mimic that, right? Amen? Yeah. And so we can see that this. And so the purpose is why? The purpose is to transform us every single day. The spirit of God is to transform us. And as we are transformed, we're changed in a place where we begin to speak like he speaks, walk like he walks, talks like he talks, and so on and so forth. I don't know if you've ever hung out with you hung out hang out with someone for a long time. Guess what? You'll start to talk like them. You'll start to do things. You might dress like them. You might whatever whatever it is. You start walking along with these people, and so and this is a spiritual concept that the enemy sometimes pollutes. But the truth of it is, it is powerful, and it's how God works. And so we can develop that. And as we walk in the Spirit of God, in the or by the Spirit. We move in a closer relationship. Also, I'll say this, which is so important. As we walk by the Spirit, guess what? It's easier to be obedient to Christ. Because when you're walking, listening to the Spirit of God, He's not going to tell you to do things wrong. He's going to help bring you to a place where you do the things that are supposed to be right. And now before we get too tied up with this, I want to remind you, when God says don't, He doesn't do it because He wants to slap you and be angry with you. He's telling us don't because He loves us and He's trying to protect us like we do with our kids. Like we would do with anyone that we love. Don't do that. No, don't touch that. That's hot. Don't do that. 
Don't run out in the street. There's semis coming. And the enemy tries to tell us, oh man, he's trying to hold out on you. He just, man, that angry, mean God. Listen, Jesus came for that, took care of that for our lives. Because you know what? We couldn't make it on our own. Absolutely. But praise God, Christ came so that we could have the love of Christ, the love of God. We could be in that place. Amen? Isn't that good news? So I want to remind you today, as we're walking through this, listen, remind yourself daily, am I going to walk by the Spirit? Am I going to think about what all the things I can or can't do? Or am I going to think about the Father? Because the Bible says that when you seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, all of these things will be added unto you. In fact, He says that as you seek Him, as you diligently seek Him, He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And so all we're saying is that when we walk by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit of God, we're, we, it releases all that God is. When we don't, we stifle or we stop or we clog the flow of God in our lives, for our lives. I don't want that. I need everything. Man, I need everything. I need all of it. I need everything that God has because if I'm left to my own devices, trouble. Just ask my mom or my wife. <laughs> because what I know is true is that left by myself, flesh, man, the flesh is trying to rule. But it's only trying to rule because I've given it place too because i'm a new creation you're a new creation it doesn't have rule over you except for what we give rule to isn't that cool isn't that amazing and it's why it's because christ did what he did and it's also because you are a spirit filled The, the bible says we are the temples of the holy spirit the presence of god has been deposited so we can fulfill and do what god's called us to do hallelujah i don't have to do my own amen amen So now we might ask the question, how do I know? How do I know if I'm walking by the Spirit? How do do I know that I know? How can I, is there some checks, is there some balances? And I believe we can show some today. So we're going to look at that today. This is by no stretches an exhaustive list. This is just a few basic ones that we look at today. The first one is this. The four signs that we're walking in the Spirit. Number one is if you're pursuing Jesus, you're walking in the Spirit. You're walking by the Spirit. If you're pursuing Jesus, there's a lot of ways to spend our energy. There's a lot of ways to to do things every day. But if we will first and foremost stop and and remember earlier in in our series, God talked about abiding in Him. And this is really what we're saying. We're saying we're pursuing Jesus, but we don't have to pursue something we've gotten. So what does it mean? It means that we'll abide in it. We'll stay in that truth. We'll stay in the place where God has placed us in Christ. And so as we pursue Jesus, we are abiding in him. So let's look at some scripture. John chapter 15, we'll look in verse 5 and and kind of see this truth today. Everybody okay, doing good? It says in verse 5, it says, yes, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. He says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me... And I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I just want to stop. That nothing doesn't mean you're worthless. It means that you're not fulfilling the purpose and the call that God has for you. Okay? Now, I also want to give in context, when when he's talking through this, he's he's encouraging, he's teaching, and he's training. So don't get caught up with with everything like, oh, I'm I'm a mess. Jesus knew we were all messes. That's why he had to teach us a little bit. 
So don't get condemnation. Just receive, oh, okay, Jesus, yes, I'm going to learn from that, right? Right? When you're in the third grade or the fourth grade or the fifth grade or whatever, and the teacher teaches you, you're not like, why is that teacher so mean? No, you're like, thanks for teaching me this because we didn't know it before. But the enemy twists it as he begins to teach us and look at this as we're getting scolded. And, and the reality is that he just wants to reveal his love to us. Amen? Verse 6. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Now I want to read one translation. It says, it says if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a fallen branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Some of you probably have done that over the, over, the, over the winter, over the spring. You went out, you noticed you had fallen branches, you gathered them up, and you might have had a little bonfire. So understand that when you're not abiding, you're like that branch. When we don't stay in connection with God, we begin the nutrients that God brings to us, just like that branch receives. When we, don't, when we pull outside of that, guess what? It withers and it dies. We will too. And that's never God's desire. God's desire is that all would know him. All would come into the knowledge of our faith. Not all will, but that's his heart is that we all will. And so as we become believers and understand, now we're walking in it. Now we're saying, listen, I don't want to be, I don't want to be disconnected. I don't want to lose the nutrients that God has, the Holy Spirit has for me. I'm going to abide in it. And so when you're checking, you're saying, am I abiding in Christ? Are you pursuing Jesus? And I would say yes. If pursuing self or pursuing other things or looking to other things to fulfill, then we're not pursuing. We're not walking by the Spirit. But when we walk by the Spirit, we, we will stay connected. Now, I'm going to read, jump down to verse 9 of, of John chapter 15 because this is going to help give us a, a, some other what is the line. What is, what is it? What is it all about? In verse 9, it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Then he says something important. He says, remain in my love. I want you to stop there and see. Abiding in him is abiding and not trying to impress him. It's not trying to do better. It says to remain in my love. So all God is saying is if you want to not dry up, you don't wither, you don't want to feel so disconnected that you feel like, oh man, this is... He says, remain in my love. Isn't that amazing? He says, remain in my love. When you obey, and when you obey my commands, you remain in my love. And so we can see the, the, the correlation. When I stay in someone I love, I'm honoring that person. Right? Like a husband and wife, we love them, then you'll honor them, you'll obey the commitments in the, uh, that you've made with each other. When you o- obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I obey the Father's commands and filled with, and, and filled with joy. Yes, your jo- joy will overflow. Now, this is ex- in my Bible, this is exclamation point. I always like exclamation points. When I see God saying exclamation, I'm like, he's like, I want you to get this. Aren't you excited? Aren't you grabbing this? That remaining in his love brings joy. We need more joy, I think. We need more joy in our life. And God says, I'm going to give it if you abide in me. Verse 12, this is, this, is my, uh, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I've loved you. Now, if you'll just uh, you know, bear with me for a minute, I want to read the Passion Translation of this same verse because I appreciate how it shares. Uh, passion Translation, a very commentary type um, it just kind of shares a heart, and I appreciate how it reads this verse. I'll just read it for you. 
and verse 9, chapter 15 of John. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. This is Jesus, remember. You must continue to let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you'll live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands. For I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I've experienced will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So that so this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. I love how God says this. If we abide in him, we need to abide in him. We'll follow his commands. We'll stay in his love. We'll follow his commands. Matthew chapter 23. I know I'm going quickly, but Matthew chapter 3, 37 and 39 says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now this is a quote. Matthew is quoting, or Matthew's writing uh, to the audience of a Jewish people. And so he's reading, he's, he's reciting the Torah, which the Jewish folks would have known about. They studied that they, so earnestly. And so Jesus is bringing validity to what he's saying by going back to what they believed in. They believed in the Torah with 100%. And so he's looking at that. So I love how, how God does that, how Jesus confirms himself over and over again. Verse 38 says, This is the first and greatest command, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, he says this also in Matthew chapter 5. It's not on your handout, nor is it on the screen, but Matthew chapter 5 I want, to, I want you to hear this. It says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both evil and good. He sends rain on just and evil or unjust alike. Verse 46, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even the corrupt uh, do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now the reason I wanted to hear this is because I want you to see this. When I said Jesus raised the bar. Jesus raised the bar. We see very quickly. Jesus says, yeah, you can love your friends, but I'm going to go a step further. You should love your enemies. Those who despitefully use you, those who persecute you, those who laugh at you. And we can do that if we abide in him. We can make decisions based on that. So you can see it's hard. But we can do it because the Spirit of God empowered us to be able to handle it, to do it, to walk out that very truth. But you can see how Jesus raised the bar. He raised the bar in a big way. Some would say, oh man, Jesus made it easy. I think he intensified the walk with, Christ, a walk with God. In a good way, he, he offered relationship, which raised the, the bar to a whole bunch of level. Now we're not subject to the law. We're subject to the law of love, right? But it's in that law of love that we walk truth and, and discipline and all of those kind of things. You see that? All right. Amen. First John chapter 3. We've got to keep moving, I know. First John chapter 3, verse 24 I'm going to read the message translation. I like to get a bunch of translations. As we keep his commands, it says, we, deep, we live deeply and surely in him. And he lives in us. And this is how we experience his deep and abiding presence in us. 
by the Spirit he gave us. So what's it saying? It's saying as we walk in commandments and walk in obedience with Christ, is we're, it's walking in the Spirit, and, and, it, and it reciprocates, and it continues to, to grow us and churn up the truth of God's life on us, which he gave us anyway. Right? We said that together. We're filled by the Spirit of God, so we can able to do that. Amen? All right, number two, let's keep moving. Number two is we're looking at signs of four ways uh, that we can see that we're walking in Christ, or walking by the Spirit, rather, is this. We're not focused on what the flesh desires. We're not focused on what the flesh desires. When we're walking in the Spirit, uh, we'll find that the, our interests, uh, uh, the appetites of, of uh, or negative behaviors, they, they'll become to, to naturally begin to fade. So if you, as we examine our hearts, if we're finding our, ourselves in a place where it's not fading, then it's a good sign that we can look at and say, I, I, I need to more walk in the Spirit of God. I need to, to more sought after the things of God in my life. If I'm not feeling or leaning that direction to what we're saying here, then this is a good sign. Isn't it cool that God gives us these, reveals these things to us so we can course correct? It's a good thing. I, I love it. The thing is, is how God, how awesome God is, is that when we're off, it's like I, I've said this before. It's like that GPS. It just re, it just recalculates, gets you back on track. But the desire is that we'll stay on track. But He doesn't give up on us. He'll just keep recalculating, and you're you know you're wasting time, gas, and money. But He'll get you there. He'll get you there if you keep listening, right? Paul explains this, this principle, this idea to the church in Galatia. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder Him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings Hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. You see how there's these two forces. And if we will focus, if we focus, if we're focused on the flesh, we're not going to fulfill the kind of life, we're not going to dominate the self-life. If we're facing that, if we're looking at that, but if we look at the Spirit, we walk by the Spirit, somebody say, walk by the Spirit, then we're going to dominate the, the flesh life, which is what we all desire, even though it doesn't feel good all the time, doesn't all, maybe always taste good. Uh, you know how the enemy does. As soon as you make a decision to do something where you feel like was wrong, uh, he'll tempt you, hey, go ahead, just you deserve it, go for it, you know, whatever, it's okay. Sounds like what he did to Adam and Eve. And he doesn't, and immediately what happened? Immediately, there's an accuser. I can't believe you did that. You call yourself a believer. Why do we give power to that? We don't have to. And we don't like that. And we don't like it when we do that. We don't like that feeling of being wrong. I, I, I remember when I was in school, I, I, I didn't always do right, but I sure hated the recourse of not doing right. And then I would feel like, even after I would make a course correction, uh, I, I felt like my teachers hated me for the, like th three weeks or four weeks after that. 
They probably didn't care. They probably didn't remember. But I did. And I hated that feeling. And I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to. I was like, ugh. And we do that in life. And the enemy tries to do that to us. So all I'm saying is that if we give into the flesh, it puts us in a place where we empower the flesh life. But when we walk by the Spirit, it empowers. And I will remind you of something. The power of God is way more powerful, way more powerful, way bigger. And so to take an inch with the Holy Spirit is like taking, you know, 100 billion miles towards God and away from the flesh, away from the enemy. And so just making one decision day by day is going to change your life. Let's look at number three here. The third place, the third way we can look at walking in the Spirit is your mind is set on what the Spirit desires. We're going to talk about mind for a moment. Romans chapter 8, not only does walking, listen, not only walking in the Spirit uh, uh, decrease the pool of worldly desires, uh, but it also helps us understand and experience the will of God. Helps us to hear from God. Helps us to follow after the things of God because our mind begins to be renewed. Romans chapter 8, verse 5, says, Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by impulses of the Holy Spirit are mo- motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. How many like life and peace? Three people like life and peace? Right? I want the life, the abundant life that God gives. Those who are motivated by flesh only pursue what benefits themselves, but those who, who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to His direction, because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. Now I want to let you know the context of this Roman word is to the unbeliever. It's talking about unbelievers. But how many know that we're in Christ, but how many know that we can still, we don't have to become unbelievers, but sometimes we can walk as an unbeliever. Okay? And and so we can use this as an opportunity. And so though the context is unbeliever, and that's what it's, it's saying, what it's saying actually is that if we don't receive Christ, we're separated. But now, as a believer, now we can look at this as a warning to, so that we don't get swayed or pulled away. Are you hearing me? So don't get, like, fearful. But listen, there is an opportunity to get a calloused, hardened heart to walk away from the things of God. But God's ne- he said, he's never, he doesn't change his mind. He said, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. But understand that it can, we can become, if I come further and further away, you, know, you guys all know this. You have had, maybe in high school and college, you had a great friend. And it's like you did everything together, dressed alike, walked, did all of these things together. And you're like, become, you know, like hanging out all of the time. Then over the years, you, you didn't see each other every day. And now you're like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on in their life. I don't know. The relationship kind of separates because it changes because why we're not hanging out all the time with them. And, and so this is the same thing with God. 
our relationship can distance. Listen, God doesn't change. He's still there. He's still on the throne, and he's still saying, come on, come in my lap. He's still holding out his hand so he can hold our face, as we heard this morning. But us, as we draw ourselves away from him, it becomes harder to hear. Our hearts become hardened, calloused, all those things. We don't want that. Of course we don't want that. But the enemy's trying to, to, to pull us in that way. Walking in the Spirit of God will, will, with all of the energy that we used, if we were to walk in the Spirit with all the energy that we used to chase after the, the flesh, you'd be amazed what God will do. And that's really the word of the God, the word of the Lord for me, as he told me, as I was seeking God, I want to do this, and I was like, I was looking for God things, but I was looking for self in that. And he said, if you just, just hold on, if you just seek me half as hard, Half as much as what you're trying to get this thing. And this is really what we're talking about. We're talking about letting letting my mind set on the things that the Spirit desires and not on my own desires. Somebody with me? All right, number four. Everyone's been waiting for number four. Here we go. You can see it on your faces. i got a crock pot that's burning food. Just kidding. Number four. This is the fourth sign. You can tell if you're walking by the Spirit if you're producing good fruit. Look at your legacy. Look at the words coming out of your mouth. Look at the way people look at you. Look at how you are walking day by day. If you're producing good fruit, you can say, guess what, I'm walking by the Spirit. Don't get prideful, but recognize it. If you don't see the kind of fruit that you see what God has for us, if you don't see that, then use this as an opportunity to course correct. And I started today with what? There is therefore no condemnation in Christ. Don't let the enemy lie to you. If you're not seeing the fruit, realize, oh, man, I'm not walking by the Spirit like I should. And then turn and do that very thing. Begin to pursue Jesus. Begin to walk after the things of the Spirit, not the things of the flesh. Renew your mind to the desires of the Spirit. All of these things. As we do this, then we'll produce good fruit. Everyone likes good fruit, right? We're to be a good fruit. And I say all this because this is so important. Not only is God concerned about our lives daily, He cares about how we feel, what we're doing. He cares about health in our body. He cares about all of these things. But He's even bigger than that, that He cares about those that we come in contact with. And we have all been given a ministry. It's reconciliation. The same, reconcil- uh, same reconciliation that God gave us, he wants us to extend. He wants to, to share with others. And if I'm bearing good fruit, if I'm walking and I'm bearing good fruit, people will not only, I will not only have an opportunity to share, but I believe that they will want to know. They'll ask you, what in the world's going on with you? What is happening here? What are you, why, what? And, and they might even be a little offended at first. That's okay. Because they're, they're craving what we have. And the purpose is not so we can say, yeah, I got something great. But it's to humble ourselves like Christ did. Because Jesus gave his life for that person. And he's expecting us to do the same. To lay down all of these things and say, here I am for you. What do you need? I want to share the gospel. I want to share what God's done for me. I'm not greater than you. I was where you were. 
God saved me. And he wants to save you. He wants to reveal himself strong to you. See, we ought to be careful that as we're not walking, we're walking that we don't become so self-absorbed that we forget that this, what's in us, is supposed to come out of us. Don't worry. There's more than enough for God in you. Don't worry. God is a God of more than enough. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. We'll close there. If you're wondering in this time, I, I, I haven't read it, but I'm going to encourage you to look at Galatians uh, in your own time. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 25. Is a good, it is, is exactly what God is talking about. He'll give you this example of what the fruit of the flesh is and the fruit of the Spirit is. Okay? And, and, and so we heard the fruit of the Spirit. I'll just tell you, is, is, the, is the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, we, which we heard this morning already. So that's in, that's the fruit. So listen, understand that when we're talking about the fruit, we're talking about revealing the fruit of God, the, the Spirit of God in us. Not mansions, not what, you know, those kind of things. Don't, we're not thinking materially, but we're thinking spiritual. We're thinking beyond that stuff. That we're representing the fruit that we're going to represent is love, long-suffering, patience, peace. Not only to our family, which should be start there. Somebody say amen? amen. But it needs to move outside of our family. Uh, it needs to. Now, there are some that would say, you know what? I do it well out of the home, but I don't do it well in the home. That's, that's, that's a normal default of human behavior. But guess what? You're a, you're a new creation in Christ. And we can choose to do it differently. Amen? And we should. And though you may be the best witness at your job or at the grocery store, if we're not a good witness at home, we create what we are. We reciprocate how we live in front of our children, in front of our family members. I'm not saying you've got to be perfect. Trust me, this guy's not. But I do have a desire to try every day to walk in peace and patience. And the only way I can do it is to stay walking in the Spirit of God. And he's empowered us to be able to do that. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. God, I thank you for this truth. It's heavy and it's easy. I pray that the heaviness would be lifted and the easiness would be seek in to our hearts and our minds. The easiness comes because Jesus paid it. God instilled it and we receive it. I thank you, Father, that it reciprocates by us believing it, applying it every day. God, I thank you. You've thought of it all. Even the things we don't know about for tomorrow, you said it's okay because my spirit is in you to help walk through that valley, through that challenge. Father, thank you. You've thought of it all. I pray, Father, in this place and all that are watching this morning, I pray that they would know that they know that first and foremost that you love them, 
Father, that you care for them. I pray also that they would know that they know your truth that says because of that love, you've made them a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And you have deposited your power and your presence so they could not only walk in these things, but they could reproduce that truth as well in their life. I pray that in Jesus' name. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that we would get it in our minds and our hearts right now. I bind the enemy to try to steal that truth. God, I thank you that through the name of Christ, I thank you, I speak Jesus' name over that truth so that it's sealed in this moment and in this time in Jesus' mighty name. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.